you never heard of. Hey everybody, welcome to the Common Folk Podcast with Ben, Morgan, and Andy. All right, so here we are again. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Another beautiful summer summer afternoon here. Yep, hot, muggy. Yep, pretty warm. A little humid. I tell you what, I've really noticed from last year to this year, we're surrounded by cottonwood trees, mm-hmm. and ours are just dropping cotton like crazy to where it's it's annoying. Like we have a pool, and the skimmers are constantly clogged. My AC unit outside, I've I've cleaned it twice in the same day. I mean, it's just insane. It looks like there's just snow falling from these trees into my house, into my garage. But I do have to admit, if that's the worst I have it, I, I got it pretty good, don't I? Right, yeah. They do suck. They are everywhere. <laughs> you have a couple of trees or just one? We're, our house is, like, surrounded by, oh, like, four tons. or five mature, big old uh, cottonwoods, which that's the, the state tree, so I guess I should be a little more patriotic. Yeah, or, come on. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's well, Nebraska. What am I doing talking? They do, I mean, and they get huge. <laughs> yeah. But, like the one out here. Yeah, but they're kind they're kind of soft too. They are. They're a fast-growing tree uh, that grows to these humongous sizes and those branches they'll get to be about a foot in diameter and they'll just they'll drop them and they're heavy. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of uh, the bow hunter in me, you're always kind of leery of getting in an old cottonwood. You got to look what's above you, what's mm. below you. You know, you, you just got to be conscious of that stuff with the cottonwood. Oh, because you think it's just going to break and fall on you? Yeah, you don't want that branch above you to fall on. Yeah, no way. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got to be like mm-hmm. survival instinct out there. Gosh, you didn't do. Even think of that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> look at you. It, well, and it was a little bit of a issue a few years ago for the city of Omaha. City Parks had these old cottonwood trees. They were dropping branches, and one actually, you know, injured some people. So, hmm. oh, you got to be yeah careful with the cottonwoods, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So, enough with the uh, the chitter chatter. Let's get at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I'll probably say this a, a number of times as we go through these podcasts because I think this is kind of the theme: is that like we're right here in Middle America. Mm-hmm. All of us raised in Nebraska. A lot of common sense. A lot of just thinking through things like this adds up, this doesn't, you know, kind of stuff. And I, I think a lot of the topics that we're going to tackle, that's that's how we're tackling them. Right. Uh, kind of a blue-collar mentality or viewpoint, um, but also that I, I like to bring critical thinking into it. Like, does it make sense? Does it add up, you know? Uh, exactly. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at there. It is. It is. And the topic that we're going to talk about today is that, because there's, you know, there's some things that just don't seem to add up, and it just doesn't, <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't seem to work around here. All right. Um, and maybe it works in other parts of the country, I don't know. I mean, we're open to things, we'll we'll talk about it, but uh, I'm going to let you start this one off, Andy, because you, um, it, it, as this thing develops, like, you're becoming the research guy. Right, right. Like, the, you're the, the you're data the, guy, I think yeah, you said. Yeah, the data guy, yeah. You're I mean, the, and we have some food in front of us. Yeah, yeah. 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 So... Well, you know, I wanted to do some legwork here, and I was just honestly curious over this topic, and it's uh, quote-unquote real meat versus cell-based meat, our lab-created meat. Uh, it's catching a lot of buzz lately. Um, you're starting to see these products in restaurants, fast food chains, and as you're alluding to, that's what we kind of brought in the studio here, the Impossible Whopper versus the regular Whopper, and I've never had an Impossible Whopper, so I thought... This would be a good opportunity, you yep. know, rather than just make a judgment over something. Let's actually try it out and see what we think here. So maybe take a couple bites of it as we kind of get in there, you know, get into this topic uh, and form our opinions you for know, sure. over the for sure. over the matter. I mean, and just looking at it, I'm just saying the packaging on this Impossible Whopper looks more appetizing. The they made it green. Nice. Yeah. There's a little more color. I get it. And they were about a dollar more per burger. Okay. Uh, the impossible. Yeah, yeah, that's something to consider. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> you know? Cha-ching. <laughs> uh, but a dollar per burger, I think, uh, if uh, if that's your stance and your goal and and you're, you're pro plant-based meats, you're willing to pay that extra dollar. And obviously, 
Burger King and others have done their homework to figure that sweet spot out. So I think that's where the, the price differential comes from. One of the things that you said at the beginning there that I'm not clear on, you, you were talking about the difference and you were you said something about like, you know, real meat versus this cell-based <laughs> meat or whatever. So isn't there really almost like three different things? I mean, you obviously have, you got the natural beef right. and then you've got what they're kind of lab growing uh-huh. and then you've got... You're, something that's vegetable based is that right. is there three different things? Am right. I getting that right? Yeah, and you're talking about like older forms of uh, of soy burgers. You know, um, those are just straight up 100 uh, percent vegetables turned into a burger patty. Uh, those didn't have the texture or the taste that consumers would buy Wanted. into. Yeah. Yeah, would yeah. Want. Oh, okay. All so right. the evolution of Fake meat isn't the right way to say that, but mm-hmm. but, but that's what people. Yeah, it's, it's imita- I mean, it's imi- imitation. Imi- yeah. Yeah. imitating that's meat. I mean, so right? and I don't want to, you know, tick off the other side or whatever or my side, but uh, and misquote anything. Um, but now you're having, yeah, what's called cell-based or lab-created meat, where they are figuring out how to um, actually grow cells and turn them into a burger. Uh, all within the confines of a laboratory. No animals uh, are, are being killed, are harvested, or <laughs> harmed. I mean, other than the ones that they stole the original cells from. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no. So yeah, there is. You could really say there's two different kinds, or basically three different kinds, when you're talking about just straight up butchered cattle, which is beef. You know, we call beef. Um, then you're plant based. And then your your variation, because even this cell uh, cell based meat or lab grown or test tube meat, these are all technical terms used for this. Uh, I see that they're infused with, you know, uh, soybean extract. So there's still plant based mm-hmm. substances going into these uh, lab created meats. And I don't know this, and and maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't want to. I don't want us to speak out of turn on this either, but. This particular burger that we've got here, I was under the assumption that this was mostly um, like vegetables, which maybe that was the marketing. I don't know. Right. And so I, I pulled it up here. What's in an impossible burger? And and there might be two different things here because this is the impossible Whopper. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Okay. But, uh, impossible, but burger. I think the impossible is, okay, is actually I'm a, mine a company so I can see what this looks like. that makes it right. Yes, uh, it's Impossible Foods. Okay, yeah. and that's the most popular burger out there. Is called the Impossible Burger from Impossible Foods yeah. Inc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what's in the Impossible Burger is soy protein concentrate, coconut oil. The third leading ingredient is sunflower oil. So right off, the first three ingredients are plant-based extracted oils. Uh, Potato, protein, methocellulose, <laughs> yeast extract, salt, gums, water, and additives, including vitamins, uh, B12, and zinc. So, I mean, first glance, this looks like a turkey burger to me. Okay. Just from the color. Mm-hmm. So, like a little lighter, are, yes. you, are you saying? The color's lighter. Okay. I don't know. I guess I need to open my regular water. And it's but very... I mean, uh, it's very... What's the word like it like like it? It's cookie cutter. Yeah, you know I was I mean? just gonna like, say round. It's like yeah. they like the have... shape is exactly the same thickness. It's exactly the same shape, whatever. And you get some of that with right. some burgers, like you right. go to like a Wendy's or whatever. The burger's the same every time, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but look at this. Okay, so look at this burger. I know you guys cannot see, obviously, if only well, you could. I'm gonna get mine out too. Here. Right, right. The color is way different, obviously, and the shape. That's exactly the first two things that I thought of too. So. Cookie cutter, for sure. Shape. And color. And the color. Well, mm-hmm. and... Thickness, it's about the same. From the, the research, or I'm a sucker for the documentaries. I mm-hmm. uh, The big hurdle that these um, companies like Impossible Burger have come across is the taste. Like, we will sidestep all these other things, but if you can get the taste right, they think that's the hurdle that will... And they want it to taste... Like a burger. Like, like a burger. Exactly. Yes. Yep. As close as possible. And so they don't mind. Right? The, yeah. And they don't necessarily mind uh, the, the health kick or the that side. And they don't mind, you know, putting this, that, or whatever into it. The, um, you know, is it safe or not safe? It's the taste. We got to get the taste right. Otherwise, it's all for naught. 
So yeah. the big thing is, does this actually taste like a regular Whopper? And I'm, I'm so curious. are people I have no idea. throwing out the door the health factor then, or that it's healthier? I think or is that's that a still topic? where a lot of people's heads are. I mean, okay. who knows if that's where the manufacturers are at? But right, and I mean, so it's... that's I think that's a huge question because that's okay. still your initial thought, right? Is like, well, it's made of vegetables, so right. it's healthier, right? And that's not necessarily the case. Now, the Impossible Burger compared, that's a quarter pounder, two burgers there side by side. Uh, the cholesterol in that one is 100, 100 milligrams compared to zero of the Impossible Burger. So oh, there's no cholesterol no in this cholesterol. guy. No cholesterol. So that's pretty, okay. that's pretty awesome. Calories, comparable, 220 versus 280. Uh, so, yeah. you know, that's not healthy. Saturated fat. There's actually more saturated fat in the Impossible Whopper compared to the regular, <laughs> and that's 11 grams compared to six and a half. So once again, comparable. Yeah. But there's actually more in the Possible Burger. Mm-hmm. Almost and double. Then, and then sodium. This is where it's salt. Yeah. 470 milligrams compared to only 82 in the regular Whopper. So that's the flavor that thing I was going to say. About. They yeah. have to do something for the flavor. Um, I think you're seeing it right there. Very, very high in sodium. And that's before you add the bun, which is laced with salt and mm-hmm. sugar. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, if you're – and they actually make this disclaimer. I was looking into it. Uh, we're not trying to be a health food. We're trying to mimic real burger. Right. So, you know, they're, they're not worried about high sodium levels. And they're, they're totally off the health kick. Although that narrative is still being carried. That's that's what's been brought, you know, that's how it was sold in the 80s and 90s and up until now. So you still think that's still your initial thought, but that's not the case. They're only trying to get taste taken care of. And that's in particular probably these big chain restaurants and what they're trying to achieve. Where I would imagine there's probably some companies making these things that they're not overly worried about flavor they are worried about exactly what is in this thing and yeah it might taste like a piece of paper but this is what you're getting right yeah i mean are, are you kind of talking about groups of people like they don't care that like their mind is made up they are not going to eat regular meat they are not going to eat a slaughtered animal so they would rather eat paper i mean there's cardboard. i think there's probably companies that are making this imitation meat for restaurants made, for mean? restaurants or they're just selling it you know whatever like they're packaging it and selling it that they're not putting in all of this sodium and so on and so forth so there probably are some options like that out there i would imagine i'm and i think that's where the those first couple of generations of uh you know plant-based meats uh they were trying to be healthier you know yeah Yeah. that was the route that they took so i would venture to say you're probably right you know if you go to your local grocery store and look for a soy-based burger, you can probably find something with a lot less sodium in it compared to uh, this Impossible Whopper that we have in yeah. front of us. Yeah, right. So. Um, and I think there's a couple of things, you know, with us being a little bit tied to uh, agriculture and the farming industry, there's some things that have come up over the last few years with some of the folks that we work with that I, that I didn't realize was going to happen that have been a bit of a positive for them with this whole movement and that would be the guys who are who are raising the crops that are that are the raw inputs on these burgers uh-huh. um there was one, one of the guys we were talking to up north uh they raise a lot of peas and i don't know which company it was that was making these burgers this impossible or there's uh, okay. there's a ton of them um they're buying more peas than is actually available on the market to put into these burgers. Oh, well, that's so, good for their yeah, business. Yeah, so it's been like a big windfall for those growers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the end result's like, but there's there's some of those kinds of things that are happening that I never even realized, you know, never thought about. That That's amazing. And that's uh, a little bit, I don't know if contradiction might be a little bit too big of a word, but right. uh, that's one of the stances that a lot of these backers of, of – um, lab-grown meats are is that look we're not we we're trying to preserve the land so right now we're we're growing corn and it takes huge swaths of land across the midwest to grow all this corn to then feed the cattle to right. then feed us <clears throat> why don't we just grow the corn and we eat the corn yeah right you're taking out the middleman now that i hear that it's like no we're growing peas to put into lab created meats. Mm-hmm. so like yeah. you still got that that middleman, if you will, that that junction of it. Maybe it's a lot less and a lot less of an environmental footprint, 
Um, but it's still there and it's still prevalent. So. Yeah, not, yeah, and there's a whole, I mean, we could talk about this thing for probably four or five hours, but, you know, the environmental footprint and so on and so mm-hmm. forth, you know, the, uh, there's, there's a whole movement around, you know, what cattle are doing to the environment and blah, blah, blah. And I think it's, if you're connected to the industry, you pretty much know that, like, look, that's BS. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think there's probably a few positives and negatives each way. There's people that are benefiting from this um this uh, imitation meat thing, right. and they and they are real folks, real folks that we deal with, some good people. Yeah. Um, but there's also people that aren't, and and that's going to happen, you know, no matter what. Right. I, and I'm not. I don't want to come out and just be totally against someone that would prefer an impossible whopper just because, uh, you know, they don't want to eat meat, they don't believe in hunting, they don't believe in uh, modern day agriculture, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, if that's their belief and that's the route they want to go, like this is America, they should be free right. to, yeah. right. to follow that. And so I think it's, I think it's great. I really do. That There's an option for them. It's just that it's not a healthier option. There's still uh, a carbon footprint. Uh, maybe yeah. it's less, but it, it is still there. And I think the more research we look into it, it, it might not be as less as what we're being led to believe mm-hmm. or right. what's the mainstream media is kind of kind of telling us there. So it, I think to your point, uh, it's one of those deals where you just kind of have to do your own research and make up your own mind on it. And you also hit on something. We're all from Nebraska, you know, the Midwest. Yep. And, I mean, that's part of our livelihood. Like yep. the beef industry, the corn industry, when, when you're a – and that's why people get so fired up about it around here. It's like, you're actually attacking our livelihood. Like, I grew up on a farm, and that was one of my first jobs as a kid growing up, was bucket calves. That Then we turned into fat cattle. Then I got to sell when I was 12 years old. Really? And that was like, my first bank account was due to me raising these calves and feeding them every morning before I went to school. So yeah. it's hard for me. You know, it's, it's going to be real difficult to try and tell me that that's – you know, murder and bad and this and yeah. that and everything else. And, and but another... you're open to hearing it, yes. but that's not you, like, at the core. Right. And I'm more like, I think what you're saying, I'm more open to hearing, like, okay, I would prefer to eat this than to eat this, whatever, but I'm not open to hearing the thing that you're, that you're talking about there where you say, like, oh, this is murder and this is so bad and blah, blah, blah. No, this is, yeah. again, we could go into the depths of this, but... There's a lot of folks that we know personally raising these animals, mm-hmm. caring for them every single day as much as they care for anything else that they have, right. as much as they care Absolutely. for their dog that sleeps with them, yep. you know, every night. And they're they're doing things responsibly, period. Yeah. And that's what gets lost is the people that are actually raising the beef that we eat every day or pork or, or chicken, they care for these animals more than you do. Yep. And you're just throwing your... Uh, perspective or you're ill-advised <laughs> yeah you, you know like do your homework or talk to some of these people and or you can just do a google search and if you have 15 minutes to actually read up on this you could learn a lot yeah for sure uh one of the contradictions other than just the emissions and, and carbon footprint that i found <laughs> kind of hilarious almost uh in one of those documentaries was these are the words camouflaged and Oh, the the big ag they camouflage uh, words so you don't you don't know who you're eating you don't oh, know gosh. the cow or the calf you're eating <laughs> yeah. so you use the word is marketing camouflaging what's in this burger in front of me that's sorry that's Did I yeah you? no that's exactly <laughs> where I was going with it so they're saying oh, the word God. you don't eat a cow you eat beef you don't eat a pig you eat pork and if people would just say I'm eating pigs. That's one step to becoming a vegetarian. This one guy was saying, I'm like, "Oh, jeez. Oh, no, no, no! Like, Mm-mm. I don't even. For me, growing up on a farm, I don't even see the difference. When I hear beef, yeah. I think of a cow. I think yeah. of cattle. So, like, there's no differentiation there for me. For sure. Uh, but then, in the exact same segment, the exact same segment of this documentary, they said, "Well, maybe that's what uh, these lab-grown meats have the issue with. They need to change their name." So then they started coming up with names like cultured, clean. Uh. So it's like. So it's okay for you to camouflage, right? But the, the we name. cannot. Yeah, but beef—that's no, we. no, no. Yeah, that's uh, you better call it a cow. I'm eating cow, and I mean, I'm. I guess I found that kind of weird. Like when I hear the word beef, I just think cattle. Like there's no difference to me. Okay, this made me think of this. I was talking to my sister the other day, and I kind of forgot this happened to us when we lived in Texas. 
you cannot order beef pizza. They say beef. You you have to say hamburger. Oh wow! Did you know that? I had. They didn't no. really know. Huh. What? Well, I think that's your, you're probably or, just talking or about. Or maybe like, did I twist those? Oh, no, maybe I, I've said. I think you're talking about just like regional, like terms for stuff like. like yes, but I think like she pop, even like, right. Yeah, <laughs> pop and soda or coke and maybe. pop and soda. Like around here, if you get pizza, you say hamburger. So, that, but we usually say both. But beef. I mean, we say beef too. Yeah. I mean. But mm-hmm. I thought she said it wasn't even available. So then it made me just think. Can pizza, or, or is this going to go on pizza next, right? Oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I bet okay. it already is. Okay, so yeah. are these companies then marketing this to be ground? I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. it's in a patty. Oh, they got ground, yeah. As, as soon as they can make, produce this. It's going. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be cheap and cheap or comparable, and it's also got to have the taste. The big hurdle is the taste. But as soon as For that sure. happened, yeah, you, like who okay, really looks this. at your frozen pizza, you know? Before we get into these flavors, which I just I just bit into both of them, um, yeah, you know, as we talk, we start going in all these different directions, and you got a lot of stuff there. Yeah, so yeah. what else? What else do you got that you you want to dig into? Oh well, kind of with what you're talking about, labels there, uh, meat. Back in 2018, Missouri was the first state that made it straight up illegal to call anything other than something that was slaughtered from an animal meat. So that's where these, uh, these terms came from, test tube, lab-grown, uh, cell-based. And then that wasn't working. That doesn't sound appetizing, right. does it? No. So now they're using the words cultured, clean. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, so uh, and a number of other states have kind of followed suit, Nebraska being one of them. Like, just straight up, don't call that something. It's something. Like, it's food, yeah. and it's good food to some. Like, it, yeah. the right. taste is getting better. and. It's getting more and more complex, um, but you just straight up can't call it meat. And in Missouri, uh, if you do that, like package it and call it meat, you could serve up to a year in prison. So, mm. so like that's a that's your ag industry straight up poning up and uh, getting some of their uh, I don't know what you want to call it narratives or yep. their laws kind of passed there, which I think you have to to protect yourself. I think you do too, and and I don't have a problem with that. Like, don't try to disguise something as something else you know what i mean like let's just be real about it yeah and i if if uh all of my pork chops like that was an argument uh we'll call it a pig call it a pig chop fine call it a pig chop i'm still yeah. gonna eat it because i know <laughs> pork comes from pig and right and so like this might actually work in everyone's best interest uh from from both sides where we, we're taking the mask off we're taking the veil off at all like i, I do think it's healthy that people know that a cow was slaughtered to make this hamburger. Like, mm-hmm. you should understand yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I think the the food industry, Big Ag, kind of did that to themselves, trying to mask it and make chicken nuggets the shapes of dinosaurs yeah. and stuff like that. It's fun and everything mm-hmm. else, but it did. It, it kind of put a veil on it, and it didn't make people think that, oh, wow, a lot of work, time, and effort, and something died for this. Okay. You know, like, yeah. you should be grateful. You should be thankful. Yep. And uh just as a culture we've kind of lost a lot of that so i as far as pulling the veil off and like what you're saying like let's straight up say what we're eating and why are we trying to hide it you know i don't i don't get that and you i think you one of the things that you pointed out there whether you intended to or not is how disconnected we have gotten from our from our food source because Mm -hmm. like you said uh, understand that this came from this particular animal, that this came from this particular plant, that this came from this area of the country, whatever. Everything is so accessible that it's just like, you know, uh, ignorance is bliss. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Once you start realizing, you know, and you touched on earlier being a hunter, how all this actually works, you know, there, there's a number of people that, that, you know, talk trash about hunters and this is what they want to do and so on and so forth. But the reality is that. We're closer to our food source at even an emotional level than they could ever imagine. Right. I mean, you, you know exactly how that came up, where it came from, how it was taken, yeah. how you treated it, how you put it to use, so on and so forth. And you, it just by churn, you're more grateful for it. 
Absolutely. Yep. You, you know, and of course, you're going to take care mm. of the, this animal yep. and try and give it the easiest, best life it could possibly have. Like in my case, where I was raising bucket cats. Yeah. You know, and you do. It's a, it's a feeling that only a, I feel a farmer, a rancher, or a hunter could actually feel. Like when you actually shoot that deer. And then begin to process it. Like you do, you feel there's a little sorrow there. Yep. You know, but my goodness, on July 4th when I'm cooking those deer steaks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's uh, so I, good. It's so good. I'm even more thankful and grateful for it. Yep. To that animal, to the hunting industry, to all of it, you know, yep. and being disconnected, I, d- I do. I, I agree with you, Ben. Uh, I don't think it's a good thing. And yeah, I, I think we're, sorry, I think we're that far removed. You eat, you don't think about it. You don't think about the hard work that went into the labor that right. you just don't. It's like to your point, it's so accessible. And we're I mean, we're all guilty of it. Like we I mean, I mean yeah. we make as much stuff at home as we can and it comes from, you know, our local um, producers and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That's where we get our meat. But yeah, I mean we swing through these fast yeah. food joints oh, all yeah. the time, oh, you know. Course. I mean that that uh, that convenience is yeah. is a, a good thing. I even I even like the convenience of just slapping together a bologna sandwich. Like when I'm working at mm-hmm. home, or I'm or I'm gonna be taken off early, and I just want to eat something on the road. Uh, <laughs> I know it's something fast. It's uber processed. God, and, I haven't yeah. had bologna sandwich in forever. Oh, I don't even I was think never I really a bologna guy. Don't think I like that, Andy. You that's your go-to. I love bologna. I, I love cotto uh, salami is my favorite in the bologna. Okay, um, um, but. And I like, I, I do, I love the cheap stuff. I'm terrible. Spam? I, uh, you know, a fried Spam burger, you do it right, it's pretty good. Really? Yeah. Spam's not really that big around here. It's not. I, you don't really see it. I can't even say that I've had that. I've only I've, I've only had Spam a, a couple of times, but fried up and done right, you it's know. Good. And that's yeah, probably it's good. And <laughs> that's probably a whole nother topic. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we want to look up what's in that. No, uh, well, but... Mm, isn't that kind of go along, along, along the lines of what we're talking about, joking around about? <laughs> totally. Like, some of these fast food burgers, like, man, what's really in that anyway? Is I that mean, actual? Right? Yeah. You know, so. You're in the bathroom right <laughs> after, and you wonder. Okay, so, Ben, you ate, took bites mm-hmm. of both of them. Mm-hmm. Opinions. What, what, I mean, can we talk about this? My initial um, thought is that this is a lot like anything else that you would that you would try for the first time or that you would try to make the change. So like, as an example, um, our middle daughter, you know, for the longest time she was having stomach issues and we switched to gluten-free. Correct. So then we started having all this gluten-free stuff in the house, like gluten-free okay. noodles, yep. right? you know, gluten-free breads, all these kinds of things. And w- when we started on them, I was just like, God, this stuff is horrible. And, taste taste but out. you know, yeah. but I didn't say it cause I want, I didn't want her to feel bad. I mean, this was five years we did this. So but okay. it, but then slowly over time, it started getting palatable and you started getting mm-hmm. used to it. So my first question in my mind with this is, do I like the regular meat better because that's what I'm used to and because that's always what I've ate? Right. And and then mm-hmm. if I if I were to eat this impossible thing all the time, would I develop a taste for it? It just like, I mean, the first time you drank a beer. I mean, do you remember? You probably had to choke it uh, down. Yeah, I was 10. Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say, right? Like if you yeah. make a mixed drink and your kid thinks it's your cup that you normally drink right. water in, and they're like, Whoa! Yeah, you I mean, I, I remember yeah. that, having some beers and so. it just being like, God, this is not good. Why does everybody like this? Yeah. And and, and But but it's so cool and, <laughs> yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. And then eventually you develop that taste, and now all of a sudden, right. like, you drink craft beers and you try all these different flavors mm-hmm. and you can understand like this one's more hoppy and so on and so forth all these things sure. that go along with it so i wonder if that's what would end up happening from a flavor standpoint but i do have to say that 100 percent, i like the regular one better i don't 100 percent know why but the um the impossible meat like when i was first eating it it was okay and then the aftertaste was really strange did the aftertaste did it to me i and maybe it's because you planted that seed in my head I thought it did kind of taste like peas or maybe yeah. carrots or something. Yeah, it was like it was something very kind of kind of blandish. Right, it was yeah. the aftertaste. Yeah, because yeah. the, the initial whoppers, I mean, they loaded up with their tomatoes and the lettuce. Yeah, so yeah. like yeah. That, that that just pops you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then with the regular whopper, I just had one bite of each. 
that's a taste I was familiar with and I like. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then the Impossible Whopper initially is like, all right, this is all right, not quite as strong as a of a beef taste. You, you know, it didn't have that charred, uh, you know, sure. that you get off of a grill taste. Uh, but then, yeah, the aftertaste I thought was very evident. You know, it yeah. almost like a vegetable uh, wang to it, if you will. In yeah. a blind test. It wasn't test. bad. I'm not saying it was yeah, bad. Yeah, no. I had to take, I mean, there's two bites out of this one because I took the first bite and I didn't know, like, what was going on. I didn't think there I don't know. I can't even explain it. It was very bland to me. Yeah, bland. So that's why word. I thought, yeah. okay, take another bite. Maybe I missed something. I didn't. No, it's so. it's a little bit more bland, and it doesn't have that that pop or that punch that the regular yeah. burger has. Which I wish we would have done like a blindfolded one of, one of us. You know, yeah. right? Been... I was thinking that because that's what they did. I think at the commercial, mm-hmm. or I mean, is that is that why we think it's not as good? Because we know. You know, like you're on this I side. I think I would know a hundred percent if you I did totally a blind would. test. Me, I would know. Uh, I mean, I'm getting better on like quality beef. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. it's just because you've grilled it so and much. And for me, a, I mean, a burger is my favorite meal. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. totally, I, uh, I I could pick it out a, a mile away. But I I mean, I wouldn't say it's horrible. No, no, I wouldn't either. Nope. Um, yeah, then, the, I mean, obviously I prefer the, the regular, but I wouldn't say it's horrible. And if you're accustomed to it, or let's say you are a, one of those health nuts that, I haven't had a Burger King or McDonald's in 10 years, would you know? Would you know the difference? Would you know if I handed you the Impossible Whopper? I mean, you'd probably just think, oh, well, yeah, this is what they taste like, because you hadn't had one in 10 years. Like, that's an interesting But is uh, that why there. they actually made it? I mean, are they make? Did they make this burger at the restaurant for, again, the health side, or is it for that person that doesn't want the beef option? Because I can't assume that a ton of healthy people are going to say, "Hey, right. I want to run through Burger King yeah. or a fast food place and get this." Or, I guess that's what I'm trying to. That's fi- a, I'm trying to figure out like no, where. That's a terrific, terrific question there and point and what. This is all brought on by the market, and this is people demanding meat without actually slaughtering an animal. Mm-hmm. They're, they're it's just, saying it's they the want American this. way, isn't it? Okay. I want my cake okay. and eat it too. Yep. You know, I and, want it how I want it. Yeah. And, Wait, isn't that isn't that Burger King's slogan? Like, have it your way. Yeah. yeah. There, there you have it. So, and what this is trying to sell is that there's no compromise. There's no animals being killed, and it still tastes like a burger. Okay. So, right. like that that is what you're buying, and that's why. People are willing to pay a dollar extra for this Whopper. It's cause, and to wait longer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because that's a, another good point. I did the drive through and I had to wait for the three Impossible Whoppers compared to the regular Whoppers that were ready to just go. And that could be regional, right? I mean, sure. we're here, sure again, like is, you yeah. said, in Nebraska. Maybe these are yeah. more popular. Down here in small town, th- those things are sitting in the freezer, man. They're not <laughs> going bet. anywhere. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You're I mean, right. they may be <laughs> flying off the shelves somewhere else, but Probably. yeah, not here. Yeah. So, uh, you ready to go down a little uh, uh, history lesson here as sure. to kind of what yeah. made humans humans? Can I eat <laughs> right, my regular burger at the same yes, time? Yes, you guys. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Yeah, have a have a an impossible whopper, okay. a regular whopper while we're doing Just this, but storytelling. So. 3.4 million years ago, an animal bone uh, back in Ethiopia was found. It's fossilized, but it had cuts on it. And it's the first bone they ever found that kind of showed that the ancient humanoids or humans of that time started hunting and butchering animals. So that's the first sign that humans ever ate meat. Now, back then, it was very gorilla-like. Our teeth were completely flat, all for eating plants. Since that time, just 3.4 million years ago, we've evolved into what we are now, Homo sapiens. And the thought was, because of all those rich proteins, fats, calories, vitamins like B12, and complex irons, it allowed our brains to grow, our stomachs to shrink, and our intestines to really shrink. Like, they're not near as long as they used to be. So the whole reason or point that the way that humans were able to kind of take over, if you will, planet Earth, was due to eating meat. So just on that 
surface alone, I'm thinking, why do we want to get away from that? Yeah. Don't we want to keep yeah. evolving in the right way, in I mean, the right direction? <laughs> We've evolved enough, I guess, to some, but <laughs> right. there are three dominant omnivores out there, and that's humans, cockroaches, and rats. Yeah, cockroaches? And oh, if those, gosh. if rats are cockroaches, just think about that. If they would have figured out how to hunt and eat meat more efficiently uh, than humans, they might be the dominant species. They, their brains would have grown. Is that stuff. not a movie? I feel like, I don't know. It sounds like a movie. It <laughs> probably is. But that's that's just the honest to God truth. Oh, and that gosh. evolution, in evolutionary terms, happened pretty fast. Yeah. Just 3.4 million yeah. years ago. Yeah. You know? And that's just crazy to think of. So yeah, it is. On that basis, and now our teeth, we've got sharp teeth and this and that for uh, eating meat. And that's also why humans are one of the most efficient animals, if you will, on the planet. We figured it out, and we started eating meat, and that allowed our brains to actually grow okay. through those proteins in yeah. the meat. Huh. Pretty wild, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm 100% behind that. I mean, I, I think people who would listen to this and know – where we're from that probably would expect that we're going to be like all right we're on the meat side of course we are but we're we're logical about it and 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 what else is out there and hey people want you know some other things is fine yeah and i feel you know you you founded farm focused you know owner ceo and everything else are are you the ceo morgan Mm -hmm. ceo sometimes so what yeah (laughs) but and with me growing up on a farm and and delivering ag news you know for my company It'd be easy for me or you to fly off the handle and say, hey, you're attacking my livelihood yeah. and blah, blah, right. you know, but I don't feel like that's what we're doing here. Like, I actually want to know. Mm-hmm. And I, I do see some positives uh, in this type, if for nothing else, to allow folks that have a, a different opinion on it, give them an option. What's wrong with the option? As long as everyone's educated and understands what's going on. And I'm all for it on the ag side, like, like we're talking about. Take the veil off and actually show people that a cow had to die to make that hamburger. I don't see a problem with that either. So yeah. there's a little bit of misconceptions going on on both sides. For yeah. sure. And I'm I'm just right down the middle. Like, I feel like a, a lot of Midwesterns are. Like, yeah. why are you guys so mad? And you guys over here, why are you guys so mad? Yeah. Like, like figure it out. I, I don't th- know. I think part of the deal, too, is, like you said, like that accountability on the, uh, on the, on the meat side of things. We've seen a lot of stuff happen, mm-hmm. you know, that – <clears throat> with us being involved in it, wouldn't necessarily be proud of. Right. You know oh, I mean? yeah, yeah. So you see some stuff and you're like, man, you know, some of these things, like you guys kind of paved the way for this. You yeah. should have done something a little yeah. different, you know. It's true. One of the things I was thinking about earlier, like that whole um, whatever it was that went down with uh, McDonald's on like the slime stuff that they were, remember that, that oh, they were putting in their slime. burgers? Yeah. yeah. yeah and that was adding like, body to it and making the meat go further and like i think that was really one of the beginning things that started this movement with what we we have sitting in front of us right now gosh i forgot about that because a lot of people got pissed about that and i remember seeing it and being like oh man that's weird you know like i'm sure there was a there was a reason for it but it was some weird stuff that was happening that and I think we kind of made that bet, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Now you're you, you've opened the door for another entity to yeah. kind of move in and like uh, attack you. Uh, the latest pink slime story was with uh, how public schools were using pink slime and they were infusing it into like chicken nuggets. And so that got taken off the board. Mm-hmm. Well, and then a lot of schools went bankrupt or their food departments because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford a regular the good stuff yeah mean, they could you needed yeah, the pink slime yeah. for yeah. that protein yeah. base and mcdonald's yeah they they're always they're the front runners so they're always the ones catching the yeah the brunt right, end of right. this but yeah if you would have just been open and upfront, and maybe that's another one of those maybe should have camouflaged the name a little bit better because <laughs> yeah. when i think of pink slime i think of ghostbusters yeah right yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly maybe. and yep. nobody wants to eat that so no. Uh, no. You know, there's just things like that, you know, and we were talking about some of these ingredients in, you know, in this uh, impossible thing that, um, you know, we can't pronounce and, 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 and what they <laughs> what they do. Like, well, here, let's let's uh, oh, gosh. I'll turn it up here and I'll have. There we go. Methocellulose. Methocellulose. That's the uh, fourth ingredient in the impossible burger. Yeah. Soy protein, concentrate, coconut oil, sunflower oil. Potato protein and methocellulose. And do you want to know what methocellulose is? I don't know. Do we? Enlighten us. (laughs) I mean. 
Oh, I don't know. Methocellulose is a bulk-forming laxative that increases the amount of water in your stools to help you make them softer and easier to pass. Methocellulose is used to treat constipation to help maintain regular bowel movements. And that's the fifth ingredient in an Impossible Burger. I See, mean, that's the come kind of stuff I'm talking on. about. <laughs> so, yeah, Again, to yeah. my point, you're running to the bathroom, or they're trying to help yeah. you, or is it because there is so much... And soy, there's got to be a reason stuff. for it. I mean, and I'm sure like well, the chemists stomachs, have a reason. Our but. stomachs yeah. have evolved to not just eat plants. Yeah, you know, right. it's a very complex stomach now, and uh, <laughs> uh, it kind of tells you that. Yeah. I so mean, actually, maybe it evens you out, yeah, right? There's maybe. a lot of that. They put this in there. Please say it again. <laughs> methocellulosis. Met- methocellulose. Yeah, uh, I, I just kind of like. Yeah. Methylcellulose. Okay. <laughs> that then you're just regular. Then it's fine. Yeah. So, but it does kind of showcase the point, like get off the health kick. And a, a lot yes. of the nutritionists out there, uh, they say the same thing. Like a lot of these new cell-based or lab-based meats, they're not necessarily healthy. And you can see that and that all their, their main goal now is to mimic what real, quote unquote, real meat tastes like. Okay. So, uh, but that's another reason why I like having this conversation with you guys and getting the word out is like, get off the health kick. You know, I mean, if there are healthier burgers out there as far as turkey burgers and soybean burgers, but they don't even, they don't taste near as good as what we have here in front of us, you know, right. in, Absolutely. A traditional, in a traditional yeah. uh, manner, I guess you could say. Yeah. I think <clears throat> for me, I mean, if you guys are ready for this, what brings it to kind of bring this to, you know, on our way out is the bottom line obviously you got to you got to you got to pick what's right for you Mm -hmm. and what's right for us is is the meat i mean period but we are 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 smart about how we go about getting it and what we do so to begin with it's the hunting it's bringing Mm -hmm. in you know that that game um the right way. Where, yep, and where you know where it came from, and, and you respect it, and you have that kind of you know that kind of thing going on. Most people that we know, that's the boat that they're in. And then the number two thing is from the beef standpoint, understanding where that's where that comes from. Um, you know, on the on the big scale, like you go here, this burger right here came from who knows where. Um, you know, probably through some massive feed yard and the processing facilities and so on and so forth. Uh-huh. And I don't necessarily feel good about those, but I understand that there's a need for some of that stuff. Right. Um, but what you can do and what we do is source your meats in in your region locally. Right. And, and I'm, you're going down a path here that I, I, I really like and appreciate. So the population of the world has more than doubled the last 15 years. In that same time, meat production has quadrupled. So we're sitting at 335 million pounds of meat being produced. Now, a lot of that has to do with, you know, our society and capitalism and McDonald's seeing how many burgers you can eat a week or mm-hmm. how many. Mm-hmm. And that goes back into if people had an appreciation or understood a little bit more of it, maybe they wouldn't eat four burgers a week. Maybe they'll just eat one a week. So I think there's... There's that, that accountability factors to where, you know, and then maybe these feedlots wouldn't be so full. And that would probably be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I'm willing to give up this and that. And I do think it would probably be a healthier diet if I ate less bologna or cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but um, we're at where we're at right now. And uh, go back to that other point where people are camouflaging kind of the truth. And let's try and get the truth out there as much as possible. But that's uh-huh. a... That's on you to to actually, do your research, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. And were you going with trying to find then a local place that you so what respect I, yeah, that you? Yeah, no, what I'm getting at, and, and that's not accessible to everyone, but um, because, like I said, there is a need for you know some of these mass producers. But there's, let me go back just a second. There, a common theme that's going to come up for me in these recordings that we're doing is the stuff that we do. Uh, all comes down to convenience. Like the way that our society's been shaped comes down to convenience in my right. mind. Yeah. 100%. Uh-huh. So the convenience of be able, being able to run through that um, that drive through whenever you want. Mm-hmm. The convenience of being able to run down to the grocery store and grab whatever you want from there anytime. That is what drives what we've got going on. Now, it's inconvenient to go find 
your own local producer or be your own producer for right. that fact. Yeah. You know, yeah. get get yourself six head and raise them and do whatever you yeah. want to do with them, right? Yeah. That's the way it used to work. Um, but it's inconvenient to go that route and 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 to buy it in bulk and to store it and have the freezers and all the things that and go along time. with it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and and to plan your meals. Sure. Right. If you've yeah. got a if you've got a freezer full of meat, you've got to be thinking about it at like noon or in the morning. Mm-hmm. Set it out. Get it ready. Right. You yeah. know, as opposed to the convenience of running to the grocery store and grabbing that thought out steak or whatever it is that to you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the convenience thing is that. So people need to think about that. But to get into getting that stuff close to home, we've purchased from and worked directly with a number of different producers around here, right here in Nebraska, mm-hmm. from uh, cattle to, to pigs to bison. Yeah. And we have all of that in our freezer right now. Right. And a couple of the big places that we've worked with, I mean, um, beef-wise in our freezer right now, we originally purchased some stuff from Double O. Their stuff was phenomenal. Amazing. And then uh, the Upstream Boys, which is what we got a whole, a whole cow from last time. So good. That beef oh is stupid good. Yeah, I know. I like, know. these burgers, man. I mean, we had some the other night. That burger sitting next to this one right here, forget yeah. about it. Yeah. Forget yeah. about it, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, so you got that. And then we went out west, um, took my daughter out there, and we went to uh, the Rocky Hollow Buffalo Company in western Nebraska and helped them do some fencing and move the move the animals around a little bit uh-huh. and got some of that and brought that home. And that's a whole different game there. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the way that those guys respect those animals and how they raise them. And, and, and I mean, they're part of their family. The meat's great. Right. You know, it's yeah. right here, locally raised stuff. Um, and then to the pork, um, Zobel, I think, was the name of the farm here in Nebraska that we went to and mm-hmm. got three pigs. Yeah, you did. I mean... <laughs> Took the animals directly from their farm, slaughtered yeah, them yeah. there, you know, brought them home, Hung them, cleaned it all up, went them. through the process. Yeah. That's some of the best pork we've ever had. Oh, but the point I is, know. is yeah. that people have options. Mm-hmm. And when you know directly where it comes from, when you know the families that are raising them, you know how they're doing it. I, I just don't see how you beat it. Well, and it, yeah, like you're saying, it comes down to options. And that's why the Impossible Burger is a dollar more than this one. Like, mm-hmm. you know what's going on. And you're willing to pay that extra dollar to mm-hmm. get what you want and support what you want yeah. and as long as you're aware of it and real quick you're talking about the bison burgers yeah that's an even leaner uh type right, of beef right. yeah. if yeah. you will and if that's a 90 lean cut compared to a typical 80 percent uh lean cut a burger actually has less calories than the impossible burger so then that, oh, that really? actually shifts it yeah. if you do it like a, a bison type of burger. we just had some bison steak yeah. the other oh, night yeah. and They're phenomenal uh, aren't they super good but like to your point really lean it's a different yeah. game you it gotta is. learn how to cook it so uh, yeah feather in my cap can i get on a soapbox real quick sure so uh, uh yeah ashley and i we have a little you know grinder a little processor from cabela's and every so often when a pork a pork shoulder or something goes on quick sale at a local grocery store we'll buy it thaw it and we'll throw a bunch of deer scraps in it mm-hmm. you know whether mm-hmm. it's neck meat or whatever rump you know and uh, we just made our latest round of burger and I, I made those for the 4th of July weekend for a bunch of people we had in. When, and we had some people in from Minnesota, you know, very liberal, blue state, yep. right? And, yeah. And uh, I didn't tell them anything that it was a deer burger. That oh, we you didn't? No. They just. And uh, I made them. And even the, the little boys, you know, they're like, this is the best burger I've ever had. And that wasn't prompted. I wasn't asking for uh-huh. it. <laughs> and, and Ashley was, you know, pretty darn proud of it, which it was her buck. Yeah. You know, that uh, she shot that we uh, processed. And she's like, you know, that's a deer burger. That's a venison burger. And they're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, we thought venison burger was lean and yucky. I'm like, well, we cheat. We throw pork in there. You know, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. right. But, it, you know, it's, but that, then the appreciation, like you're talking about, and actually knowing, like, I, I think they would have enjoyed that burger even more so had they known that, oh my goodness, Ashley shot that buck. We cleaned it, processed it, and actually grinded it into burger. Like, that's a, a lot goes into that. Not everybody can do that or has the time or resources. To. That's the yeah. thing. So. Right. I mean, that took some time, but yeah. and it was hard. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, if you guys had, you know, could do yeah. that and serve that to your friends. Right. And to Ben's point, though, it takes effort. It takes time. Yeah. It takes a commitment. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just makes you that more conscious of what you're eating, what you're putting into your body. And for me, I'm just all that more grateful for the animal, for the 
for the food, you know, and and I was I I, I was proud. I was proud to serve those burgers. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was even just elated, so happy that everyone enjoyed them, which I knew they would. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and Duh. for the and grateful for the the people involved, the families involved, um, which that's that's really. I think one of the biggest things here mm-hmm. is all the people involved in doing this. Right. You know, yeah. and the community, the producers, the hunters, yeah. um, the people that put their life into these things and, uh, and it shouldn't, that shouldn't be overlooked. Well, and yeah, I think, uh, an opinion of someone that's actually in the middle of it, actually doing this stuff should probably carry a little bit more weight than someone that's not, you yeah. know, and, and I think yeah. that should be fair across the board. You know, I, I'll listen to you, but okay, where are you getting that experience from? How are you forming that opinion? Are you in it? Do you have any experience, or did you read up on this? You know, and uh, that's another thing where you know the internet has allowed <laughs> yeah. everyone to have a very loud opinion, yeah. Yeah. even though maybe people shouldn't be listening to that opinion. Yep. People have a whole lot of different things to say when they're face to face. No doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And I promise you. Anybody who's at all on the fence, or even if they're kind of heavily on the side of, like, I'm not into agro- animal agriculture, if they went out to any one of these farms and ranches that we deal directly with and rode around in the ATV with those producers mm-hmm. and, and those families and realized how this was all actually working, right. they're going to have a different different perspective. It would blow their mind. And, they, and if it didn't, they probably wouldn't say anything. Maybe. I don't, yeah. I, like, face-to-face, right? Yeah. It no, just, I, I do probably think just it'd be a learning experience for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, good, bad, or ugly. But yeah. I, I, you would think that most people would go to a farm like, regardless, sheep farm. I worked at a hog confinement farm in college and uh, high school. And, yeah, through that experience, yeah, I've grown a greater appreciation for pork, for pigs. And I enjoy pork chops so much now. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, after working there for a couple of summers, uh, yeah, every time I bite in one of those, I think of those two miserable summers. <laughs> <laughs> hard but, work, yeah, I bet. It, it was hard work and, yeah, everything else. And, yeah, those uh, it, it wasn't the most enjoyable summer gig, I can say that. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's not easy for anybody that's directly involved <laughs> in that, that's for sure. But there is a level of pride and, uh, you know, that comes along no with doubt. it. So. Yeah. No doubt. So, all right. Well, this was good. Wow, yeah. Andy, thanks for these burgers. Yeah. Real, I mean, real yeah. and not so real. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we say fake, not fake? No, that's not right. It was a good, uh, good run around them there. That's that was interesting. I learned a lot myself. Yes. Well, good, Me uh, too. good deal. So uh, until next time, then, right? Yep. Yep. For sure. Till next time. All right. See you guys later. Later. later.